Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Needed him and uh, the old Celtics announcer, Johnny Moe's together. The guy would smoke like two packs. And look. Bam. There's a city ordinance in Philadelphia. Moses Malone kid. Can't commit a foul, apparently. SI's Ross Dillinger. Godly, I think I picked Kentucky to cover the spread. Boy, well, I feel like an idiot. Jeez. I mean, just, just not even close. And SI's Pat Forty. We said many years ago that Archie Manning was the smartest guy ever on the playoff committee because he's like, yeah, I, my knee hurts. I can't come. I'm off the committee. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. The rumble in the big house. And uh, let me just say, obviously, the brawl between Michigan and Michigan State post game. Uh, I make a lot of jokes about the guys fighting on the field and like MMA and not not exactly uh, I don't skirt from violence if it happens not this <laughs> no no not this what the live in hell Michigan State the brawl let's get back to throwing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> that's yeah. right if you hadn't seen it Michigan beats Michigan State fairly handily and the Spartans get all up in their feelings and decide to start beating on Jadine McBurrows, who isn't even wearing a helmet. There's like five guys. Absolutely ugly scene. They're talking law enforcement, and they should be. Those guys should, I mean, that's assault. You're wearing a helmet, and you're punching someone without a helmet? It's absolutely pathetic. No excuse. Absolutely ridiculous. That isn't what it's about. That is as, that is as pathetic as Michigan State's program has looked in a long time right there. All night. Pat? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's just... No, I mean, they, that has nothing to do with losing the game by 22 points. The, what happened afterwards was was really disgraceful and weak. And, I mean, if you want to be a tough guy, do that on the field. Like, right. Don't fight on the field, yeah. but show a little more fight, a little more fortitude. But, yeah, ganging up on one player like that was a very, very bad situation. And... And, yeah, this is going to escalate. I mean, Big Ten offices involved. Kevin Warren was down, like, trying to find out what was going on afterwards. Ward Manuel was furious. Mel Tucker's issuing statements Sunday morning. Our friend, the drinking attorney general from last year's Michigan-Michigan State game. Hopefully she's sober because she might have to get involved here. Law enforcement have to uh, 
to to separate uh, fact from fiction and and see what all happened there. But it's 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 a really bad scene. Michigan State's had a bad season, but this was its lowest point, I think, by far. And there's going to have to be some repercussions for it. Yeah, the video is awful. It's uh scary, and when you you don't really know, the video is kind of like shaking. You don't really know what's what's happening, and then at the end, you see you see the uh, one Michigan player like squirt out of the pile, having gotten <laughs> beaten. You know, while he was on the ground, that's why you couldn't see him. He was on the ground, just getting kind of beaten. So they they've certainly got uh, video evidence. Yeah, people wearing numbers and names, so mm-hmm. uh, it's not everybody's identified. Hard, least, yeah, right. I mean, we don't know the context of this. Um, that's you know, as usual, is the problem with this sort of thing. But what is caught on video is, uh, as they like to say in uh, replay reviews, irrefutable video evidence of a a, a big gang up beatdown of one guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll hold on that. Uh, you don't know what sparked it or whatever. At this moment, we're talking nine forty-five a.m. Sunday, but I, mean, I, I don't know. The, I, the, the part that kind of bothered me it doesn't look like there's a lot of state players trying to stop it. Oh, none at all. I mean, it's no. It's like, what exactly was this trying to accomplish? And are you? Fu- I mean, the frustrations or whatever, I guess. But it's like. This just isn't it. I mean, this is this is one of the worst things. This is one of the worst videos and you see in college football in recent years. I mean, yeah, usually the guys because say, oh, everyone's got a helmet and yeah. And this was, well, this I mean, was like, straight up a fight. It's after the game. You took your beating. You lost big. Go get to your get to your locker room and get out of there. And and uh, I don't know. I, I mean, Mel Tucker. I'll be interested to see what State's got to say. I'll get more but tucker didn't exactly come out with anything here i mean he just it's uh, as a spartans our program has a responsibility to uphold the highest level of sportsmanship while emotions were very high at the conclusion of our rivalry game there's no excuse for behavior that puts our team or opponents at risk in complete cooperation with law enforcement the big 10 conference msu and unm we will evaluate the events in ann arbor and take swift and appropriate action so he's certainly not pushing back on anything other than these guys are in a lot of trouble and yeah. um because if he uh, unless there's something else if not he's in a lot of trouble i mean he's the leader yeah yeah and I mean, it's, nobody it's... nobody wants this and nobody at michigan state wants this this is a proud program and uh that's not a very proud day right there no it's a very bad reflection of his program and again losing is one thing but acting like losers is another and we, we do we do not know the full context of everything. We got to wait and find that out. But you know, again, what's 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 out there is bad. And apparently, before the game, I mean, you you not you you guys know how this rivalry is. It's incredibly heated. And before the game, somebody like reached out of the stands and touched Mel Tucker's head, oh, yeah. which is a stupid Don't thing do. to do. And Don't do. Got their hand. You know, Mel reached up and knocked the hand away and looked like he wanted to go after him. And I don't blame him. Don't uh, touch some yeah. coach if you're sitting in the fans. Don't yeah. touch anybody. All right. <laughs> who grabs but, somebody's bald head? Who wants to grab somebody's <laughs> bald, heady, swe- sweaty, uh, sweaty head here? Uh, that guy's lucky because because Mel turned around and swung at that guy's hand. That guy's lucky to like have a hand still. I'm telling you. No kidding. Jeez, yeah. it was actually a pretty good reaction time from Mel. It was. The, the, yeah, it was. It was. 
Yeah, I would, Mel, Mel will drag the guy, but yeah, that's that's <laughs> wrong right there. This is wrong. Yep. Like, let's go, people. That'll be interesting though if there's actual assault charges and stuff like that. I mean, that we yeah. normally don't see that right in sports. It doesn't carry over. Mm-hmm. But God, that just didn't feel like a sports fight. I mean, you can no. go to an NHL game and they fight. There's literally a fist fight, and no, you know, it's just like five mm-hmm. minutes. So sit down. So, <laughs> yeah. But this didn't feel like a sports fight. This was like a an assault in the you know maybe it's because of that tunnel, but there's nowhere to run. Yeah, yeah. But it's really sad for a few reasons too, and it, it kind of masked like uh, the the game. You know, nobody's talking about sure. like we're not even talking. Look, we're not even talking about the game. Nobody's writing about the game because it's unfortunate. Like right, everybody and it was a you know Michigan obviously dominated the game and, and the field goal kicker made <laughs> attempted five kicks and made all five, including a fifty plus yarder. Uh, so their red zone offense needs some work, but but nobody's yeah nobody's um talking about it because of this, and it's kind of sad. The Michigan yeah. defense well, was incredible, right? Yeah, it does. It brings up a couple of ancillary issues, which are not the main issue. The main issue is Michigan State guys ganging up to beat up a dude without a helmet, but ancillary issues being the tunnel situation again. Being a a, a, yeah. a touch point, a firing point at uh, at Michigan, uh, and supposedly I saw Molly McGrath, who I believe covered, was the sideline reporter for the game, said that Michigan Stadium officials said they were going to have extra security in the tunnel for, for this game after the Penn State thing. Well, where are they now? I, I will say none of that excuse. The, the, this thing that I'm I'm already tired of hearing is can't Michigan afford an, a t- another tunnel? That's not the issue here. (laughs) Young adults should be able to comport themselves well enough to walk through a tunnel with an opposing team without resorting to this, okay? And yes, it can be a logistical issue, but okay then, go to extreme measures and just say, this team is not going in that tunnel until that team is all the way in their locker room. If it takes an extra two or three minutes, fine. I'm surprised they don't already do that. Um, they I'm a do. Surprised. They try that. Okay. They try to do it. Yeah. yeah. They try. Yeah. So the visiting team is right. Their their sideline is at the tunnel. The tunnel is a uh. side is a fifty yard entrance. Yeah. Oh. Right. And they're supposed to go in, and then the refs are supposed to go as kind of a buffer. Right. And then, then the the Michigan team goes because they got to mm. cross, and there isn't a whole lot of time, especially at half. But the simple thing is coaching your team to keep walking. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no matter how what gets said, right. what happens, like keep walking. If you right. if yeah. you keep walking, you will get to your locker room. Yeah. And and there should be no even if you're side by side with the guy you just played against. It's the beauty of all of this is you go you know, as hard as you can for 3 4 hours and then you 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 know, you you, you shake hands after the game. Right. And so I get emotions get high. I know these are young guys. I know there's, you know, one thing about football, there's too many people, like just too many guys on the yeah. sidelines. So, yeah, you know, very, I don't know who's in this. Some of these guys young. don't play. They're just, just and yes, yeah, hundreds of players, right? There's two two of yeah, every number. Sta- support staff and recruiting people. Support and like all staff, these people all don't need to be yeah, on the on the. If side you're going to have all that support staff, then have a, help them do a little crowd control in the tunnel. Yeah. Right. Get your well, players in the right. locker room. I, yeah, there's, it's but funny gotta, we talk yeah. about this. There's some talk 
that there's too many people on the sideline, actually, the transformation committee of all the things for them to tackle are talking about like analysts can't be on the sideline. And and so that would remove a lot of people from the Mm -hmm. sideline and just, you know, throwing that in there. That is something that they've talked about because there are, there are way too many people on a college football sideline. Yeah. This is not a sideline. This is uh, Michigan stadium is almost a hundred years old. Yeah. All of a sudden we got a problem with the tunnel. Right. Act like adults and you can live with one tunnel. I, I mean, the, the amount of people I'm hearing from, well, why can't they just build another tunnel? Yeah, that would be easy. and wouldn't <laughs> cost any money at all. Also, there's something historic right about it, probably, right? I mean, that's probably the main thing. Like, yeah. they do, I mean, they probably have all the money in the world to, like, do a tunnel. But, like, it, there is something, like, historic about it. I was just looking at photos because I've never been there. It's like a bucket list for me. I've, ne- I've never been up there. So I, I really want to go at some point. But... I looking at the photos and it's like, wow, this is just one fifty-yard tunnel, like right there, and it looks kind of small too. Like, there's something historic and kind of cool about it too. That I'm sure they want to preserve the history of somebody, a stadium that's so old like that. You know, if everybody would just behave themselves, they can. Well, yeah, and it's not that hard. What they even had Michigan State has heated games there every other year. Ohio State right. has one every other year. Right. Yep. This was this is this is yeah, this can't be on the, on the construction. I'm sorry. No. Um, and so, no. look, after we tape this, we might find out something else. But at this point, yeah. I mean, I no matter what it is, I mean, if you're you're wearing a helmet and you're hitting someone who is not wearing a helmet, that is a ridiculous fight. You are not in danger if you're wearing a football helmet. No. Well, and it's 10 versus no. one, too. That that was the real problem. Yeah, 10 too. versus I mean, one yeah, is ridiculous. And somebody's on the and ground. I'm wondering. Yeah. This, this one helmet- guy is going to, uh, I'm fighting to defend my, you have a helmet on. Yeah. Like, right. what is going to happen? <laughs> That's, I'm wondering if this guy's helmet got ripped off or what in the fight. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw one picture of, he had, he had already, it looks like he's walking in. There's a picture of him walking in and he kind of filtered in with the Michigan State guys for whatever reason. And they, you know, and, and he's not wearing his helmet then. And some of the players, some of the Michigan State players aren't wearing helmets. As you, I'm just seeing this picture of these guys walking up the tunnel. Some have their helmets on, some don't, right? Game's over, you take off your helmet or you weren't wearing yeah. it or whatever. Too bad. Yep. Too bad. But yeah, this is, there should be repercussions. I'm sure these guys and, and, uh, I, you know, I don't think we need to. Yeah, this will be a test for Mel Tucker. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, like it will what, be. What is what are you going to do? Because your program is reeling. One year ago, you beat them and you're on cloud nine. And now you're three and five. You don't have a very good team and you're not representing yourself particularly well. well yeah. What a difference a year makes. Right. They were what they were undefeated yeah. this time last year. They beat Michigan. He just got or was in the process of getting like a $95 million contract. And and now the team, you know, like Dan said, now the, t- the team is uh, reeling at three and five. And if you look at the schedule the rest of the way, it's going to be going to be hard for them. I think it's going to be hard for them to make a bowl game this year. So they're going to have a winning record. And uh, and then this has happened. So, man, a year ago he, he was in heaven and now he's uh, hellish right now for the Spartans. Yep. Yep. Let's talk about Michigan and Ohio State. This was sort of a day I, you know, you wanted to see something, see some challenge to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan State maybe for a couple minutes, but really the Michigan defense just dominated that game. And Ohio State had a game for a while at Penn State, but pulled away at the end. 
we're barreling to the 11 and 0 and 11 and 0. Illinois still has to visit Michigan, but anything other than that will be, I would think, a, a massive upset. Uh, if either of these guys going to stumble, your thoughts on um, on the Buckeyes and and Wolverines together here, just separating in the Big Ten because Penn State just isn't at their level right now, and obviously Michigan State isn't either. Pat, right? Yeah, I mean that's we're we're on the collision course. Although November nineteenth, the week before Illinois, Illinois Michigan, yeah, still uh, shaping up. There's three teams in the Big Ten that still have a chance at the playoff, and Illinois, believe it or not, is one of them. But yes, this does very much look like an Ohio State-Michigan collision course, as we had thought all along. The Ohio State-Penn State game was weird. Mm. It was all over the place. I mean, there were times Ohio State just looked phenomenal, and then there were times they were in trouble. I mean, they are behind for uh, some significant portions of the game, and... You know, if Penn State could figure out some short yardage situations, it could have been worse. But they went into the in the fourth quarter, Penn State was winning 21-16, and then Ohio State did the one thing that probably separates them from anybody else other than Tennessee, is just, just the ability to just throw these massive big play scoring uh, bursts at you. You know, it's like, boom, long pass, boom, long run. All of a sudden, they've scored 21 points in like three minutes, and they are a dangerous, dangerous team from that standpoint. They've just got weapon after weapon after weapon. They they are not invincible. Uh, that's one thing I think. Watching them on Saturday, while you know they they did they had their moments, and if they play at those at that high level, 50 minutes out of a game, they they will be unbeatable. But I'm not sure they will. Uh, because the other teams are going to be better when they get there too. So, but they, you know, their defense still is, eh. I mean, JT Tuamolau, I'm probably mispronouncing that, but one of the greatest games I've ever seen defensive player have. It was just preposterous. Yeah, I'm looking up his stats here right now. Six tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, two interceptions, and a pass broken up. I mean, not even like Chase Young or the Bosa brothers had games like that. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And that that goes to the bigger point of where that program is. You just go get this guy, top seven. I think he was number seven recruiting rivals out of Seattle. You know, every Pac-12 conference school wants him. Alabama's recruiting him. If you can go in and get guys like that, and guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. from Philadelphia and Emeka Egbuka from Seattle, from Tacoma, that's when you, you're you're a pretty elite re- recruiting outfit for sure. Yeah, that's and that's you know that's what Urban Meyer built when he came in. Ohio State's always been good, right? I mean, yeah. they're almost always good. But it, Jim Tressel would he would you know 15, 16 recruits a year from Ohio, you know, or Western PA or something like that, and then he'd go get a few guys. Urban went the other way and was like. It didn't care about the Ohio part, right? It's just like I'm getting the best guys, and that's the mindset. And and Ryan Day's continued it. We're just gonna go get the best player wherever he is. And um, easy to say, <laughs> hard mm-hmm. to do. But yeah, yeah, that team was is loaded. Ross, what'd you think of the game? It's crazy. I uh, I look up and it was 21 to 16, and then I went back to the game and it was 37 to 24. Uh, <laughs> I think Ohio State scored. 28 points in seven minutes of game time. And like Pat was saying, there's not a lot of teams that can do that. It reminds me of 
Maybe uh, Alabama's one of Alabama's teams two or three years ago, probably 2020, where they they just yep. they were just so explosive. Like if you got them in some pickle or something, and they really wanted to score, they could score. Like they just do it. They just throw it down the field and score. They have such good speed and everything, and so it does. It reminds me of that. And you know, I we talked about it last week, but I spent a little time with the Nebraska folks, and they they were talking about Ohio State in the uh, in the football offices and they were talking about him like they're just on another planet from anybody else in the Big 10. It, it just you know their their athletes are just on another level. So and I think we we kind of saw that when crunch time came they uh they delivered. But you know, it's good to see Ohio State get tested, you know, we haven't we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. First team you know Penn State remains in the top 25 which they probably will. It'll be the first First team that Ohio that Ohio State has beaten that's you know in a, in the current top twenty five and so I think you need to see them tested and they did and they passed the test although it was close for a while and so you know that gives maybe a little glimmer of of hope to uh, to the Michigans and, and other people they have to play uh, later this year. Well, yeah, and Michigan to me same problem they had against a little against Penn State is that red zone offense mm. is is the problem right too many mm. field goals so. Michigan's yeah. close. They're not explosive, and they struggle to get in. And I don't know if – I mean, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about Michigan-Ohio State, but I would want to um, score touchdowns against uh, against the Buckeyes. So that No was, doubt uh, about it. No doubt about that's, it. That, that's one thing, yeah, just real quick with with Michigan's offense is, is their receivers are good. Their quarterback is good, but I don't know whether they have – next level ability when the windows get small at the other end you know can you make a great throw into a tight window can you make a great catch in contested coverage we'll find out but so far that that's what you got to do a lot in times in the red zone and, and they haven't been able to do that very consistently they have a defense and they have a, a physical physical way about them that's how they won last year and that's that's what they're going to go with and quite honestly i don't there's no other way i think ross your point on the like what nebraska was saying like we no one has these athletes yeah so michigan has good athletes and a different style but yeah if you're going to track meet ohio state you know i'm not sure you know georgia better tighten their shoes up too because i mean this is a great this is a great team ohio state could have so will be interesting a couple more uh results notre dame off the mat 41 24 up in syracuse rowdy crowd great scene i thought notre dame was really really impressive they're five and three the marshall and stanford losses are just going to haunt them if this game yeah. But we we've talked. This enters. Uh, they're going to enter a November where they get both USC and Clemson. Interesting possibilities for Notre Dame. What do you think? Are they are they rounding into form, or are we going to make too much of this? No, I mean, I they they're in. They are like you said. They are interesting. I put them on my in the forty yard dash on my agent of chaos list. They're one of those schools that isn't having a great season, but they've got multiple opportunities to blow up the playoff. And as you said, they got Clemson this next week in South Bend, and then they've got USC in Los Angeles at the end of the year. And uh, I would be wary of Notre Dame. Their offense is still not good. I mean, they scored 41 points in this game. 
They had a pick six on the first play of the game, and they blocked a punt for a two-yard drive for another touchdown. Right. So, you know, they're just kind of piecing it together. But that's that's a sign of a team just kind of figuring out, okay, these are things we've got to do to win. We've got to be good on defense. We've got to make plays in special teams area. Uh, and I I don't think anybody's going to relish playing them because they got a lot of talented players, especially on defense. They've got NFL talent. They got Michael Meyer at tight end who's going to make some phenomenal plays too. So I will be very curious to see them with Clemson coming in there. You know, Clemson does a great job also of just winning games. But this one I think will be – it'll be a, an interesting challenge. I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like. I am sure they would love some early snow flurries or something uh, in South it's Bend. It's supposed to be nice. Mm, is it's it? supposed to be nice, yeah. Unfortunate for Clemson. Or for yeah, Notre Dame. they could use some snow. Yeah. 26 straight ACC regular season games. Is that correct? They've won that many? Uh, Clemson, that, that might be. No. Uh, no. Um, Notre no. Dame. Oh, Notre Dame. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the greatest scheduling deal ever. They just win all these games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they lost to Clemson right. in the ACC title game, but I don't think they've lost to a regular season game in a long time. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's their deal. Know. They play like five a year, right? In, uh, yeah, five a year. Working, and working out love nicely it. for them. Yeah, they get they get good opponents. They get down and play. In, you know, this was up in New York, but often in the Southeast where they want to, you got to recruit the athletes. And uh, yeah, been one of the best. Yeah, twenty six straight regular season game wins against ACC opponents. Not bad. I always say, Notre, Notre, everyone's like Notre Dame needs a conference. They have a conference. They have five ACC opponents, and then they have Navy, and then they play Stanford and USC. That's they made yep. their own conference. It's like a <laughs> buffet, right? Golden Corral. That's what they should call it. Combo platter. Golden Dome, Golden Corral. Yeah, NIL deal. <laughs> and then ideal deal for the guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, Ross. What'd you think of that? What'd you think of the Irish? The Jekyll and Hyde again, huh? The the most Jekyll and Hyde yeah. team. What was the good one, Dan? Hyde or no Jekyll? Jekyll's the good one. <laughs> Jekyll. Hyde's Jekyll's the one that kills Jekyll. everybody. Hyde yeah. kills people. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. So so the Jekyll showed up against. Uh, Against Syracuse, I um yeah I don't know what to make of them. I, I don't I, I don't understand. You could lose at home to Stanford and Marshall and win on the road against North Carolina and BYU and Syracuse, but but yeah it it's it kind of it kind of hypes up this week's game a little bit more. Feels uh, there'll be a little more buzz in the air there in uh, in South Bend, and you know Clemson has showed some cracks along the way here, right? I mean they've struggled. I mean you know there's been a two or three games this year that, that they've had some issues here and there. So I think it's doable for, for Notre Dame to knock them off. And we obviously saw them do it, you know, what, what, two, three years back. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it makes it a little, a little better that the Irish are coming off of, you know, the big win, but I, I still don't know how you could have such a roller coaster year. It, it's just been crazy. I mean, it really is. I mean, those losses are inexplicable. Five block punts, I think for Notre Dame this year. They're wow. tied with South Carolina for most of the country. So, Beamer ball comes north. Oklahoma State, did they know they had a game yesterday? Oh, my gosh. Huh. That was one of the biggest no-shows by a top-10 team I've ever seen. 48-zip. They lose to Kansas State. That was, was like a stunner. And, and it was right off the bat. I, I, I don't know what that was. That's not – I'd have to look through historically, but, like, that – no-shows are not really, like – Gundy's programs thing. 
just that, right? I mean, this is a, they don't always win, but my God, this was, right. they, they, they couldn't stop them at all. 35 no. zip at the end of the half, just, just yeah. straight domination. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. It really is. That's bad. I mean, you know, and Kansas State's a very legitimate opponent. They're good. They're tough. They're physical. Really They've got, you know, great running back and Deuce Vaughn and some other playmakers, but come on. So does Oklahoma State. It's like they were pretty beaten up, I know, and they were coming off uh, a pretty big two-game stretch there. At TCU, they lost in overtime. Then they win kind of a thriller against Texas. And so they were kind of susceptible to walking into something here, but you you got to show up a little bit. I mean, that was pitiful. Just yeah, horrendous. And yeah, I, I would have to look up and see the last time a Gundy team got beaten like that. The score, well, last time they were shut out, I wonder when the last time they were even shut out in a game. God, I mean, they, you know, for so long they've had such good offenses. And in, in Kansas State was uh, without – Adrian Martinez. So they won this game yeah. with Will Howard, who <laughs> threw almost for 300 yards and four touchdowns. So, man, I, it, it's kind of inexplicable that, uh, you know, Kansas State lost to Tulane uh, at home and then had the big <laughs> lead on TCU and, and gave that up like everybody else this year against TCU. So, but, man, I mean, they're like really close to being <laughs> – it feels like to being undefeated, man. I I I wonder suddenly if um if the Wildcats have a chance to really you know seriously compete here for the for the Big Twelve title. I mean, you could see them on like some collision course with a rematch to TCU or something. How about if we have that a Kansas State TCU Big Twelve championship game after we had <laughs> Baylor in Oklahoma State? I'm, I'm sure Bob Bowlesby <laughs> yeah. would enjoy that. Oh yeah, everybody who's still stuck in the uh, the Big Twelve—I shouldn't say stuck because it's a pretty good conference—but everybody who's not Texas and Oklahoma would love that. By the way, to answer your question, Thanksgiving weekend, two thousand nine—the last time Oklahoma State was wow. shut out. There you go. Wow. Twenty-seven zero at Oklahoma. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. Big Ten's exciting. Like, if you're a Big Ten fan, in a lot of ways, it's more fun than being a fan at almost any other league because there's a chance your team could win, like, get it together and yeah. win the league. Absolutely. And there just there just isn't at most of these leagues. Yeah. So, hey, Kansas State. I mean, are we kidding me? <laughs> Manhattan. Awesome. If you've been to Manhattan, Kansas, I heard this old story I'm from a Kansas State. He was assistant coach there for once, and he, he had a um, – they flew, it was a basketball player, but they flew a basketball recruit into Kansas City. And uh, he picks him up and he's driving out to Manhattan. I would think it's maybe two to two and a half hours. I don't know. I'm, uh, it's something like that. But it is just wheat field. There's maybe about two minutes you drive through Topeka. The rest of it's just fields yeah. and nothing. There's nothing. And he's trying hard to like get this. This kid looks shocked. I can't remember where the kid came from, but he's trying and trying. He's like, hey. <laughs> Hey, you know, this is great. Good to see you. This, hey, we're going to love our building. Bah. Kid's not saying a word, not saying a word. He's trying everything. He's talking about the state of Kansas. One time he just goes, you know, they just redid this whole road. Road is, this highway is great. We got a great highway, right? He's stopped. <laughs> the kid goes, <laughs> kid goes long too. <laughs> so guys, yeah. start, just turn around, man. This is going to happen. It's not an easy place to build a winner. And so if you oh, can- no. And that's what's great. Kansas State, 
they're in a, you know, you don't have a chance another way. Now they got a hell of a team. Yeah. They got a hell of a team. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, the, the yeah. one great thing is that they they have legitimate quarterback depth, as, as Ross said, you know, mm. with uh, Adrian Martinez getting hurt. Will Howard had played a lot of football. And last ago. year, they yeah. kind of almost, yeah, last year or the year before, I can't remember, I think it was last year, they kind of miscast him as, as trying to be a dual threat guy. He's not. He's a good passer. And he's come in twice this year now in replacement of uh, Martinez mm -hmm. against TCU and and in this game and really played well. So they've they they, they have that one of the very rare things in college football these days: decent quarterback depth. Also, uh, you know, we hear like uh, names, you know, like uh, Lance Leopold and Matt Campbell and Dave Doran for the for the you know Joe open jobs, some of these open jobs, but Chris Kleiman. Is doing things at Kansas State that makes you think that Nebraska or you know if Wisconsin if things don't work out there or something like that, come call and he he makes a lot of sense actually in uh, anywhere in the in the Midwest there in the big time and you wonder if he yeah, if he would jump to a job like you know like a Nebraska where you probably resources wise wise have a a little more to work with uh, than than Kansas State. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. A nightmare continues for Texas A&M. Oh, God. <laughs> Ole Miss walks in, beats them 31-28. After the game, Lane Kiffin uh, says, I thought the running backs did well. 390 yards rushing against a bunch of five stars is pretty good. <laughs> and says, then they asked if he was uh, going out trick-or-treating. And they said, uh, that's like straight out the like sideline reporter oh, playbook, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite ask, candy? Like, Bel yeah. Belichick. They always ask Belichick. Like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> Just to piss them off. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait for the the week, the annual Belichick getting angry because he has to talk about Starburst or something. And Reese's Cups. And he said, I don't know. Maybe Jimbo has a Joker outfit for me. Uh, it's pretty funny. Right? That was because he called him a clown. But Jimbo. Yeah. No, I thought Lane called Jimbo a clown. No. 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 Jimbo called no, Lane Jimbo the clown. Called Lane a clown. Yeah. Well, well he didn't okay. specifically say Lane, but obviously he said people in this league are clowns. Oh, they retweeted or, it. Yeah. And then Lane had, you know, had previously obviously said some stuff, some not so subtle stuff that uh, about. Oh, I got it. He, he said recruiting. we don't yeah. we don't have the funding resources as some schools with the NIL deals, which of course we know is to, they don't exist because Jimbo told us. That's right. Um, it's like dealing with salary caps. I joked. I didn't know if Texas A and M incurred yeah. a luxury tax and how yeah. yeah how much they paid for this. The thing about uh, Kiffin, he's in so many fights. I, I lose track. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. He yeah, picks like, a lot I of bones. about this one. Yeah, he he's yeah. That's right. Yeah, it is. It's hard to keep track.
It's hard to keep track. It's never a good sign, though, when just like, A, you're losing like A&M. And then it's just like you're just getting mocked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People are lining up to roast yeah. the Aggies. I yeah. mean, it doesn't help them with their whole, their whole, uh, you know, midnight yell stuff and all the videos that come out. And did you guys see <laughs> there was, you know, it went viral earlier this week. It was like, I don't know, some kind of Halloween celebration that A&M's cadets or whatever did. And they're like marching oh, through the street in ro- some kind of robe things or whatever. And they've got pumpkin. I feel like they're they're carrying big stakes with pumpkins shoved on the top of it, maybe. And like, <laughs> and like they're holding like flames and candles. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> like the tweet, the tweet was like, oh, just a normal celebration of Halloween from Texas A&M. You know, it's bizarre. <laughs> like, it's bizarre, It looked man. like some sort of like. It's yeah, amazing. medieval or like. 17 or 1800s thing, you know? Yeah, it's very like, weird. Very weird. You're marching yes. to the Puritan cemetery to purge, you know, evil spirits or something? I, I don't know. what they, It was really weird. They spend a lot of time at Texas A&M, like, dressing up and doing performances. <laughs> like, do, marching. You guys have class? Yeah. Like, <laughs> is there a test or something to study? For? Like, yeah, everything's elaborate there. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. dramatic. Very dramatic. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't Four. know. I don't know. Well, Kiffin got the last laugh, as he often does. Yep. He's had a lot of laughs this year. They're, I mean, Ole Miss still hanging around this uh, playoff picture, too. Yeah, They're it'll not be done yet either. Alabama, two weeks, they get a bye, and then Alabama comes in. And that, you know, if Alabama beats LSU next week, then that game, it'll be two games in a row for Alabama where they're playing basically, you know, for the SEC West lead. And that Alabama LSU game is often the most physical, yeah. physically draining yeah. game of the year. I mean, those that is a hit fest. They didn't yep. like it's nice anywhere else, but I mean, right. that's Pat Poppin right there. <laughs> so you get them the week after, you know, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, Lane Lane's cooking along, and and it's two programs. I, it's a wonder he didn't talk about the transfer portal with all those five stars. Right there on the field. That's what he should have done. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we're doing all right. We're probably looking for some um, defensive line help uh, on the transfer portal after the season. If anyone wants to play for a winner. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I'm sure those messages are being sent via third parties uh, yeah. today. We're, we're, we're doing all right up here in Oxford. Mm-hmm. Doing all right up here in Oxford. All right. All-time classic football game here. Uh, Miami. 14, Virginia, 12, <laughs> no touchdowns, not easy scoring 14 with no touchdowns, even harder when you've had four overtimes, <laughs> four freaking overtimes. They set the ball down, right? I mean, come on. Neither team could score a touchdown in four overtimes. The third overtime, so- no one scored at all. <laughs> Don't see that every day. Amazing. So sad. So sad. An epic game. Have you ever seen those? I can't stand these things, but the win probability charts. Oh, yeah. Okay. The win probability chart in this thing is like confused. It's like the thing, whatever (laughs) their little program is, it just melted down. They're like, what? It's like spiking all over. It's just like, uh, there's like long stretches where it's just flat. It's just like nothing happened in the game. (laughs) Whoever. It's like, what the hell is this? What is going on? I don't think our win probability formula is working because this is giving crazy readings. 
It was literally like Miami had a 51% chance to win until it went to 100. That was it. Like, just went from 51 on. Like, it was it's what these things should be. Like, we got no idea what's going to happen. This is college damn football. You can't statistically right. <laughs> formulate this. Pat, uh, go, good for the U, I, I guess. <laughs> hey, beats losing 14 12 in a game with no touchdowns. So, you know, it stopped the bleeding for a, a minute period of time. I mean, Virginia's awful. They're probably the worst team in the ACC. I, so, I suppose Boston College could give them a run for that at this point. But, I mean, Virginia is very, very bad. And Tony Elliott in his first year, I you know, I, I think he will get it going. But he's done the, the improbable, which is to make his veteran – you know, playmaking quarterback disappear. Brendan Armstrong does nothing anymore. He's thrown six touchdowns, nine interceptions. They got no offensive firepower at all. Uh, so if you're Miami, look, at least you didn't lose to that team. That's all you can say that's good about that. You have swept the state of Virginia. You beat Virginia and Virginia Tech, who are both horrible. Uh, and that is all you have to show for your ACC schedule. As a matter of fact, that's all you have to show for your Power 5 opponents. They Their wins so far this year, two points over Virginia, six points over Virginia Tech, uh, Southern Miss and Bethune-Cookman. What are we, and I'm glad they spent $8 million for Mario Cristobal. He's recruiting. He is recruiting. He's Just got a huge yeah. commitment. Number one cornerback in the country out of Lakeland. Beat at Bama and Florida for him. Maybe it's John Ruiz. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Life wallet. Life wallet. Somebody's wallet. <laughs> <laughs> I did not hear from Nevin Shapiro this week. He's probably <laughs> seething that his guy Lane is in Oxford and not. Look, yeah. they're recruiting. It'll get better. I just, I, I don't, I mean, that's a wild one. Yeah. Third overtime without anyone scoring. <laughs> in which is it okay the third overtime they're still going from the 25 yard line right but then they move it to the two for the fourth overtime is that what they do i think so let me take a look here it, yeah it's just two point yeah. attempts yeah it's two point yeah. attempts yeah that's what they that's what they won on by by getting a two-pointer and stopping a two-pointer right yeah so let me look here the well what happened in the third i don't i'm confused my play chart does the third the one I'm looking at does just doesn't have the third overtime. <laughs> it was so bad. I, it may not have it. happened. Can anyone prove <laughs> this game existed? Did this really happen? <laughs> Is there video? I don't think it did. I don't even think this game happened. Uh, uh yeah, unbelievable. Anyway, Jake Garcia two point conversion. Good job. Great win. Great win. Good job, guys. Get, yeah. oh, you love that. We we gutted it out. Gritted it out. Yeah. Wow. It always beats the alternative. There's always room to to uh, to improve. All right, in the SEC, uh, we're heading for another big collision course. Georgia-Tennessee, going to be a monster game. And yesterday, there was no signs of anybody, of these guys slipping. Uh, I did not think the Volunteers would just house Kentucky. 44-6, Georgia dominated Florida, 42-20 in the cocktail party. Like, this is going to be great. Like, these two yeah. are hitting on all cylinders. Kentucky's a, Kentucky's a good football team. I mean, I, you know, they can't they're – not, they're not going to win the SEC. There's a good football team, and you just get – I mean, they scored a touchdown early, and that was it. 
you know, they just got smoked. So really impressive. Ross, what'd you think of the uh, SEC games? Typical SEC. Uh, I, I, I didn't expect, yeah, I didn't expect the, well, first of all, I didn't expect Florida to come all the way back. I had turned off the game. It was 28 to three at halftime. Uh, turned off the game and <laughs> I turned it back on. It's 28 to 20. And then, and then Georgia runs away with it. You know, I, I, I Golly, I think I picked Kentucky to cover the spread. Boy, well, I feel like an idiot. Jeez. I mean, <laughs> I, just, I did too. Just mm-hmm. not even close. God, I mean, give it up for Tennessee's defense. Will Levis, you know, Mr. First Rounder, man, uh, 98 yards and picked three times, I think, two or three times. He's intercepted. Just complete dominating performance. It just sets up the showdown, right, next week for the SEC West, like we talked about LSU, Alabama. But but for the SEC East, it, it just sets up that Giant collision, Tennessee and and uh, in Georgia and Athens, just really exciting. And then another unexpected result was Missouri going into South Carolina after the Gamecocks had uh, had beaten yep. Texas A&M. Commanders. Cock yeah, Commanders. Sorry, <laughs> the Cock Commanders go down, but boy, Missouri needed that one. Eli and, and Drinkwitz and them needed that one badly, uh, but but very yeah, very unexpected there too. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I mean, November fifth is just going to be awesome in the conference. Obviously, we talked we talked about the LSU Alabama collision, but Georgia Tennessee. Wow, I, I mean, if, if if I were ranking the playoff co- teams right now, they're one and two, in in reverse order: Tennessee one, Georgia two, and we can get into all the possible permutations later. As a matter of fact, we the the first rankings come out this week, so we oh, will yeah. get into that sort of stuff later, but that's just going to be a phenomenal game. And Georgia just, you know, they're operating like a program that knows, knows how to do it and has been there and done that and has the talent and the toughness and everything else. Brock Bowers, my gosh, he was good against uh, Florida. He's just so athletic. Five catches, 154 yards. He had the, the tip drill catch that he ran away with. Uh, You know, I mean, the first, when that, Thing I think the first time it bounces off of him, it's off of his back or the back of his helmet, and he's running down the field, and somehow he turns around, gets it under control, catches it, and and goes off with it. And they just got they've got players in every every area of the game. They got backs, they got linemen, they got a quarterback, they've got receivers. Defensively, they have two of everything, and uh, it will be a great matchup between. Their secondary and the receivers for Tennessee, that's for sure. And, yes, to give Tennessee credit, Tennessee, one thing they did, they ran the ball effectively against uh, uh, Kentucky. They ran in short yardage. They ran in the red zone. Uh, so that's an offense that isn't just chuck it deep. They can do a lot of stuff offensively. Uh, this game is going to be so exciting. I mean, yeah. Early projection on this game, I will see what the line is, but it's like Georgia by like 10 and a half. That's Huge. I just don't get that. I'm sorry. I, I don't know if the official ones are out at this moment. By your time you're listening, it might be. But, whew, I mean, yeah, this is just it's just great. Yeah, this should be a great rivalry. You know, like they've never really Tennessee had the great rivalry with Florida. The Georgia's obviously had different rival. Like this should be. I mean, they 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 border. Mm-hmm. You know, they border each other. They they recruit on top of each other. This should be a great rivalry. Yeah. They've they've had their moments, but not uh, not like that you know, super fierce bit, right? You know, right, right. They had the the 
That's right. Larry Munson call. We stepped on their face with a hobnail boot. Well, they, uh, <laughs> that one and a few other like I, uh, Herschel Walker when he ran over. Oh gosh, was it Bill Bates? I can't remember who he ran over, but you know, yeah, they, it hasn't been. Ago. Yeah, it was. Sorry, Larry Munson was incredible. Oh. First time I ever heard him, I was driving in a car, trying to like it was. I can't remember where I was, but I was somewhere in the south, and I'm listening to. Uh, the radio and I'm trying to find like anything. And it's just like, you know, I'm hitting like the AM <laughs> it's back in the day and right. catch this. Yeah. Thing, and I'm like, what is this voice? <laughs> what is this <laughs> guy's hysterical? He doesn't, even, he doesn't even call the game or it's like, like he would just, <laughs> I don't even know if he called the plays. He just sort of like be there talking for a few hours. It's great. <laughs> it's like, this is yeah, incredible. Like, oh yeah. Gravelly voice. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not, like, that's not a radio voice. Like I can't even understand no. him. It's, like things would be going start turning to the negative, you know, for the for the Georgie. We can't stop them. <laughs> Go down, Lauren. What do you got, Lauren? That was the sideline report. Lauren, <laughs> we can't stop them. What do you got down there? Needed him and uh, the old Celtics announcer Johnny Moe's together. The guy yeah. would smoke like two packs in the. <laughs> There's a city ordinance in Philadelphia. Moses Malone can't can't commit a foul. Apparently. <laughs> uh. <laughs> What the hell is well, wrong? Well, hey, I love those radio guys. Now they're all polished. They're, you know, they see. Oh, yeah. I like guys that can't pronounce anything, don't speak right. That's my of guy. Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's trying to get me fired from this thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, what about uh, what happened uh, last night in the Pac 12? Uh, not quite after dark. It wasn't the late, late games, but the Arizona USC game. Included some dicey officiating again in the Pac-12. It's kind of a staple, but it uh, it did not go well for USC again. This was after their last game at Utah, where they were just simmering over two roughing the passer calls that Lincoln Riley told me the the the, the league office officiated officiating agreed were bad calls. I don't think no the the Pac-12 office ever said that publicly, but that was Lane's version of events. So then you have an off week. You go to Arizona, win the game, but really a bizarre sequence at the end of the first half where USC's driving. They're in the red zone, maybe even inside the 10, and they get up to the line, and like the, the officials hold, hold play, hold the snap, and let the clock run out while they're holding the snap. And... Uh, not only did fans not handle it well, media reported about it, but Mike Bone, the athletic director at USC, started retweeting people's <laughs> criticism of the Pac-12 <laughs> officials. <laughs> Mike Bone's like, yeah, what are they going to do? Find me? We're leaving. But yeah, he retweeted the Los Angeles Times beat writer talking about it. He retweeted the Orange County Register beat writer tweeting about it. And he retweeted Sua Cravens, the former a uh, USC player who, who said, Pac-12 refs back at it again with this bull****. Mike Bone retweeted that. <laughs> He's just trying to help the local beat writers out. That's it. They're following up. <laughs> yeah. Probably be frowned upon. I don't know if you need a fine, but maybe a phone call. Sternly worded text. Knock it off. That's right. Stay off Twitter. Stay off Twitter. <laughs> All right, we uh, we don't like waiting to the end of the year to give a Heisman too many Heismans to win. We'll give one out right now, the small sample Heisman. We don't give out one award at the end of the year. We give it out week to week. 
It's the Small Sample Heisman on the College Football Inquirer podcast. Pat, you got a Small Sample Heisman? I do. My picks continue to be dreadful, <laughs> but I was bailed out on my lock of the week by my Small Sample Heisman winner, Drake May, the freshman quarterback at North Carolina, who I'm telling you, man, you watch him. If he doesn't look like an NFL star in the making, I don't know what one looks like. He's just fantastic. He throws on time and on schedule when people are open. He can find people off schedule when he's scrambling. He can run. He's six foot five. He's got an arm. He's accurate. He's the whole package. And he was against Pittsburgh 34 44, 388 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. He's got 29 TDs and three interceptions for the year. Ranks among the national leaders in pass efficiency. Again, as a freshman. Played a little bit last year as a red shirt, but this is his first real time seeing action. And he's great. And North Carolina's still hanging around this thing, too. Watch out. Mine, uh, my small sample Heisman goes to a true freshman, Ole Miss running back, Quinshawn Judkins. 205 yards rushing, 34 carries, a touchdown. The rookie is uh, incredible. Put, boy, he's put together. He does not look like a freshman. And uh, carried Ole Miss to that that 390-yard rushing total that uh, Lane Kiffin referenced after the game, saying uh, 390 yards rushing against a bunch of five stars is pretty good. And Judkins, uh, Judkins did the majority of that. He was he was impressive. That 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 kid is a uh, kind of a star in the making in the league. All right, my uh, small sample Heisman goes to Illinois running back Chase Brown. We mentioned them briefly. The Illini keep rolling 26 to 9 over Nebraska. They actually trailed early in this game, but give it to Chase. 32 carries, 149 yards, a touchdown. A lot of just grinding it out. He had one like 20 yarder, but other than that, that and a very, very efficient Tommy DeVito, 20 to 22. And uh, the Illini just keep. They're hard to beat when you do that. It's like ball control and running and all that. And Chase Brown is a good football player. And so uh, Illinois is still in this. They still got a path to the title. They can win the Big Ten. They're having an unbelievable season. And I thought this would be a statement game. Can you go into Nebraska, who's showing a little bit, and and win? And they dominated. And so a small sample Heisman to Chase. Great job. Probably a little tired today, but uh, great job. Uh, Don't forget his twin brother. Twin brother Sydney had two interceptions in the game. I got to write about those guys last uh, week. Great story. He did Read get it at SI.com. So should I give it a twins? Let's give it that. The there Brown brothers. They can, they can share the Heisman. Give it the Brown brothers. Get it. Yeah. Maybe they shared a room growing up. Just put it in the yeah, middle, right? <laughs> Bunk beds or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. All right. Good job by the Brown brothers. I'm sorry. <laughs> Say defense gets no love. Like it's a yeah, thing with the Heisman. True. The guy's carrying the yeah, ball. That's true. What do you want that's me to true. do? All right. Uh, we said a bunch of mean things probably on here. Uh, can we say something nice? R- Ross, do you have anything nice to say? We have said a lot of mean things about Iowa's poor offense. Crushed the Ferences, both of them, uh, over the last uh, few weeks. So let's say something nice about Iowa's offense. They scored a season high yesterday. 33 points. The most points they've scored since October 1 of last year against Maryland. So give it up for the Hawkeyes in their 33 points yesterday. 
Oh, and that's exactly what I was going to do. I was going <laughs> to say something nice about Iowa. And at the, t- at the same time, take a side swipe at Northwestern, which is still winless in America, oh, by the yeah. way, after yeah. beating Nebraska in the opener in Ireland. But but that's fine. Nope, no problem there. I'm going to say something nice. Wait, hold on, about- hold on. Also this week, we found out that they had the, the annual water oh. contest in Iowa, which is a big yeah. deal. Right. Yes. And... Uh, they had the conference was held in Coralville. Uh, they actually have a three-day conference three over this. Day. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot of water drinking. A panel. A panel meets in Coralville this year from October 25th to 27th and uh, and rates the water. And the winner was not Ames. This is a really good week for Iowa. Iowa just Iowa. It wasn't Iowa City either. It was Cedar Rapids, but Cedar Rapids is close to Iowa City. It is. It wasn't Kia Cup. Kia Cup. Kia Cup lost. No, oh, Kia Cup's out. Cedar Rapids won. Best tasting drinking water, twenty twenty two, and uh, they they originally won the award in two thousand ten and two thousand thirteen. So like it's like a sleeping giant has been awakened. <laughs> but, it's the uh, it's there's they've got great water parody in Iowa. You know, I mean the title <laughs> keeps moving around. There's no real dynasty because it uh, tastes yeah. like water. <laughs> yeah. A well hydrated like panel. So uh, once again, though, Ames, nope, 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 no. Cedar Rapids, nope. kind of close to Iowa City. I think yep. you're feeling pretty good. I think you take on a season like this, you take this as a victory. So go ahead, Pat. Just wanted to get that in. I know our our, our, oh. our Iowa water fit, the yeah. Iowa section of the American Water Works Association. <laughs> it's a blind taste test. Three what, days. Uh, three three days. days of tasting water. Dude, Woo. Can you imagine they the partying, the yeah. the mayhem that hit Coralville, <laughs> Iowa, when the American uh, Waterworks Association uh, trade show comes to town? <laughs> Woo! Yeah, they must just burn the place down. Incredible. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm going to say something nice uh, about Louisville, Louisville Cardinals, on October eighth. They were two and three coming off a loss to Boston College. They're going to Virginia. Quarterback Malik Cunningham, like 50 straight starts, can't go. They've got to go with their backup QB. He throws a pick on their first possession. They fall behind Virginia 10-0. And like everyone on social media and a lot of other places is firing Scott Satterfield right then and there. You know, he's he's he was already in grave jeopardy. And at that point, everybody's like, can't do it. Get rid of him. Might even happen that day. A lot of speculation he was going to get fired that day or that weekend. Well, from down 10-0, they blow up behind backup quarterback Brock Doman. They roll past Virginia, win 34-17. Cunningham comes back. The defense starts playing great. They beat Pittsburgh by two touchdowns the next week. And then Saturday, here comes Wake Forest, number 10 Wake Forest into town. And with a lot of help from Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman, who just had one of the worst games imaginable, mm. Louisville's defense produces eight turnovers, and they blow away Wake Forest 48-21. Outscored him 35-0 in the third quarter. And Scott Satterfield's a warlock, man. He's gone from 
one foot in the grave and one foot on the banana peel to look at me now. They are five and three. They've got James Madison coming up next. They should get, get bowl eligible. And uh, he's got a chance of keeping a job that w- most people had written him off completely just a few weeks ago. I am going to say something nice about Mitch Barnhart, Tom Berman, Boo Corrigan, Rick George, Chet mm. Gladchuk, Jim Grobe, Ward Manuel, Will Shields, Gene Taylor, Joe Taylor, John Urschel, Rod West, and Kelly Whiteside, because this is your 2022 College Football Playoff Selection Committee. And as we speak, or or you're listening, uh, they have agreed for the next six weeks, some of these guys have kind of busy jobs, you know, like running $100 million-plus athletic departments. But they're taking time to fly to Grapevine, Texas, every single week to put out... (laughs) the weekly poll of what they might be thinking if the season ended today, which it isn't. Mm. It it is the great operation of nonsense. It makes no sense to do this. It it serves only one purpose, and that is to provide snarky idiots like us with lots of content. (laughs) Thank you. So I am going to say you're, you're wasting your time. I don't get why you do it. The whole thing isn't a good idea. You're about to get roasted repeatedly. You're going to get hate mail because you're ranked Tulane 21st instead of 19th. Like you, you have put on, this is a, this is a, a thankless job. And I'm part of the people who never thank you. So I'm thanking you. <laughs> We're going to go. say lots of mean things about you the next six weeks. But right now, thank you for your service, gentlemen and Kelly. This is the first and last time somebody will say something nice about the committee. I just, it's like, I, I just don't know how they, they do it. I could yeah. maybe the top four. Why Zoom? You know what the mean person. Remember, I mean, we we talked. We we said many years ago that Archie Manning was the smartest guy ever on the playoff committee because he's like, yeah, I, my knee hurts. I can't yeah. come. I'm off the committee. <laughs> he did. He did it one year. He's like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> yeah. Going in for the yeah. I remember going in for the mock CFP, the media, you know, CFP. I'm sure I don't know if you guys have yeah. done that, but I remember going in yeah. thinking like, you know, it was very exciting. You get to sit in their seats and you get to watch the monitors that they you're I mean, you're you're in the room. Like they're in, you do the same thing, you talk about the same thing, you look at the same data they do. I remember halfway through, we were talking about a, a team, whether to put a team in or where to put them in the rankings, and somebody cited like some absurd, stupid like advanced metric or statistic and i'm i'm thinking what the f are we doing like what are we like (laughs) why do we decide the playoff like this it's just it's just so dumb yeah just yeah (laughs) and they do it every week for like every week just so they can have a television show where everyone yells at them yep (laughs) yep yep hey uh would you like to fly to texas every single week even though you have hugely busy jobs Mm-hmm. and form this inane service and then get roasted for it. Sure. The jalapeno cream corn, man. Get the jalapeno cream done. corn. Uh, yeah, I thank you. But yeah, it makes no mm-hmm. sense. I, at least sitting there saying, hey, here's our top four. Because this is my problem is they, and we'll do this, they will, they'll get accused of bias and stupidity for stuff that doesn't matter. And, and it'll be, uh, they'll like, they'll rank, like they'll they'll explain well we put Tennessee above Georgia this week because of this and then the next week they'll do something different when they never should have had to explain because Tennessee's going to play Georgia oh if only we could find yeah. out who's better right. between Tennessee and Georgia yeah. <laughs> oh I know Saturday they're going to play um so they yeah. do all this and it, but at least if you were like look here's our top four we like Tennessee 
one, Ohio State, Georgia two, Ohio State three, and uh, Michigan four, right? Let's just say that's your thing. Fine. Why are you ranking number 23? Yeah, right. But they're doing it. More people, more things to argue about. So thank you, everyone, because you're giving us lots of late season content and uh, things to roast. So appreciate it. Enjoy the cream Mm -hmm. corn, jalapeno cream corn. uh, (laughs) All right, that's our show. We'll be back. Huge week. We'll have a great show on Tuesday, and we'll do a little after the uh, first rankings come out because these people... They, they have great sway over us. So we'll uh, be back midweek. Appreciate everybody listening. Continue to share us on social media. Subscribe so you don't ever miss an uh, episode. And uh, tell your friends about us and all of that. And uh, try not to fight anybody. Let's let's have a couple days. And even I'm like, no no violence. Let's love each other. Let's love yeah. each other. Peace and joy. Let's go. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Yeah. All right. Talk to you all later. find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader